Well, hello there. This is Elena Kundro, and today's episode is going to be more of an intimate side because I will be sharing my story, something that I've not done to this extent before, specifically about emotional eating and disordered eating and the whole journey from disordered eating to recovery to where I am now and what were the main steps that helped me and the main pitfalls that I fell into. And probably I'll do more episodes on this topic because it's just very close to my heart. But this is something that I want to start with because I just realized I've been wanting to do an episode about this for a long time, but I never quite did it because I couldn't find the right approach because there are so many modalities. It just seems like a very difficult topic for some reason. And also because I never felt like I'm the expert in this to be able to share it because the other information that I've been sharing about nutrition and habit change is something that I've been trained in and working with clients for a long, long time. And with disordered eating and emotional eating, I feel like I'm still, I'm on my own journey still. Like it's ever changing and evolving. Of course, it's nowhere near where it was before. And that's why I want to share what helped me overcome these struggles, which at times were really, really hard. Yeah, let's get into this episode. I hope this will bring you clarity and value to see maybe where you fall into this. Because I know that for me, if I would be hearing something like this even five years ago, that would provide me a lot of insight and understanding that maybe my relationship with food isn't healthy and my perception of my body and how I need to eat and health and all of these things. Because at the time, I genuinely thought that I'm doing the best that I can for my body and following all these gurus who telling me what I need to do instead of really following my body's wisdom. So yeah, just pinpoint that since now I have the perspective and I can see that actually that wasn't really good because now I'm in a different place and I can see the difference. Whew. Even though this is my story, but it's just so convoluted that sometimes I feel like I don't know where to start even. Because when I think about diet culture and body image, it just started at such a young age. Even me being as a six-year-old here overhearing people comparing different body types and thinking it's so good that I'm slim, I don't get these harassments that those chubbier people were getting. And I'm sorry about the language if that in any way is affecting you. I will do my best to navigate this. I just know that body image is such a sensitive topic that it's hard to navigate and that's why I feel like sometimes people don't talk about it because they're afraid they will insult someone or you know, body shame. Well, this is definitely not the episode about that, but I will be talking about body image because it was an integral part of my recovery and of this whole journey because only when I actually looked at it as a core piece did I make a big improvement because all the diet culture is actually centered around body and we are trying to control our ways of eating to influence our body image but more on that later okay so skipping to 14 years old of age 
when I decided I will go for a modeling agency casting to become a model because I was very tall and everybody would keep telling me like hey, you should be a model and I went there and they were measuring on my waist and hips and everywhere and just told me I'm too big for modeling and that was the first time when I was like I'm too big because before I was always feeling like I'm, I'm normal I, I mean I was normal but just because I was compared to those extreme standards then I felt like I should be slimmer and then my mom heard somewhere that if you don't eat any carbs after four or five, you can lose weight. And it wasn't like I really wanted to lose weight to become a model, but it was just something like, okay, I will try that. And that was my first diet. And then I remember me and my girlfriends were doing the buckwheat diet where we just eat buckwheat the whole day. I mean, we kind of failed at that, but still, we were already thinking how we can eat differently to lose weight and that's just crazy to realize that it started at such a young age I mean 14 is actually not that young I guess some people will start dieting at seven yeah and my first encounter with diet like real real diet was when I went to like a retreat center for a few weeks when I was in high school and I was just having a lot of anxiety to rest there was one girl who was eating just apples and I remember she was telling me that now she's eating just the apple diet and because I was so oblivious to this whole diet thing I thought that she's just you know on top of what she's getting for her breakfast lunch and dinner she's also eating lots of apples and that's helping her lose weight somehow and I was like interesting you're snacking on a lot of apples because she would be constantly eating those apples and then she told me that she's only eating the apples. She's not eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that to me, at that time, felt super weird. Like, why would you do that? That was before my modeling thing. I was never in a big body. That's considered a big body. I was always kind of like normal-ish. Again, this whole concept talking about it is just like, what is normal? Different body types are different, are normal for different people. But what I mean by normal is what society considers normal. So that's again another reason why I never felt like I am equipped talking about, you know, recovering from disordered eating because I was never to that extreme where I had bulimia or anorexia or some of these severe disordered eating patterns. But I feel like most of you who are listening are also not into that category where you have eating disordered, um, that's why I'm framing it as disordered eating patterns instead of the eating disorder because it's, it's completely different. And that's why I think I didn't know about these distinctions. That's why I never put myself into this I have an eating disorder category because I had a disordered eating pattern which was way less mild but still destructive to my body and my body image and my relationship with food. Okay, so that was my teenage years where I would be trying from time to time some mono diets or not eating past 6 p.m. But I never really took it seriously and I never was really invested into that until when I was 16, 17, my mom left to work because she had to support us, our family financially and she was the only parent. I had to live with my brother and that was really difficult. I don't know how to put it really without going into my whole family story and all my childhood traumas. Basically, 
I became very ill and I went to the doctors multiple times and they would keep prescribing me antibiotics and just that just messed up with my gut health. I had acid reflux all the time. My I couldn't speak to the point that's how bad it was because it was just like eroding all my throat and vocal cords. Yeah, I had severe indigestion. I always felt like I'm so thirsty and just then I was like, okay, I have to do something about it because doctors were just prescribing me more medication and it didn't really solve the problem for me. And when I would go to the doctors, they would say, oh, actually, like, it's not that bad for you. You're right. And I'm like, I have gastritis and I have all this medication and I can't talk because my throat hurts so much. And you're telling me like, I'm okay and just have to drink those proton, hum proton pump inhibitors my the rest for the rest of my life and yeah that was just really uh, devastating I remember time in my life that's why I started reading a lot of books about health and that's what I call my health phase where I took health in my own hands and like I'm gonna heal myself and because I didn't have proper education and science I was just following like health gurus influencers telling you to do intermittent fasting, to do other kinds of fasting, detoxes, liver flushes, what else, colonics, to go raw vegan, fruitarian. I've done that all. Monofruit diets, all of that, thinking that this is the best I can do for my health and just feeling so excited. I remember I would be fasting until 3 p.m. and just then, or 2 p.m. and eating from 2 to like, six so like i had a four hour window three hour window sometimes i would even start try doing the like one meal a day and that just messed up my digestion even more i was constantly bloated i had to always override my hunger and fullness cues because you were told you have to fast at least 16 hours a day so then when 10 hours hit or 12 hours or 14 hours i'm like i still can't eat so my hunger cues were dismissed for like two, three years. So no wonder I had so much struggle coming back to my body and to listening to my signals, my hunger and my fullness signals. Uh, and then the fullness as well, because when you're raw vegan, you have to eat huge volumes of salads. And that's what all the influencers are telling you. Like you, you have to eat so much and food belly is normal. It will come back and you know, just try it for like half a year because you, ha you have to ad adjust, your stomach has to expand. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm suffering through this in the name of health and then it hopefully hoping, hoping that it will get better. But to be honest, it just got worse. It just got worse and worse and worse. And I would be just completely not following my internal body cues for food and just following this eating schedule and norm of course that's why I always wanted to overeat and constantly being anxious and I remember just eating my last meal and feeling so sad because I know I won't be able to eat until tomorrow's I know noon and yeah I now I just have no idea how I did that because a few months ago I went to Vipassana where you had that um, structure imposed where you would get your last meal at 11.30 and at five, you just get a snack. And for me, I just couldn't do it. I asked them to give me dinner. It was me and some other girls because I just like, 
Look, I went through this and I don't like it. I can't stand this anymore, this torture on my body. Yeah, so I had a lot of willpower. And that's what I sometimes face with other people who come to me about their eating patterns and saying that when I was younger, I w it was so easy for me to have this eating pattern or stick to a diet and now I can't. So I feel you, I've been there and it's good that you can't stick to the diet because it means that you can't torture your body in the same way and you don't need diets to be healthy. That's intuitive eating and everything is a whole nother topic and I probably will do another episode. Okay, so my IBS has gotten really bad. I got confused in all those diets. So I'm following this raw vegan diet and I see that my digestion is getting worse and worse. So I started incorporating cooked foods and then I gained a lot of weight. And actually one more thing that I didn't mention is that when I went on a raw vegan diet, I lost my period and it's been gone for two years. And I was never below my BMI. And when I would go to the doctors to test why is my period not coming and they would test my hormones and my weight and everything and nobody pointed out that, oh, maybe you should gain more weight. So that's sad and yeah, nothing, they didn't really give me any advice how to bring it back. And then when I went to the literature of my guru, raw vegan fruitarians and stuff, they would tell me that it's normal not to have a period because look, gorillas don't have a period, like they don't menstruate, but you can still get pregnant and stuff. And like, and nobody's telling you to do an ovulation test or anything. And it's just, yeah, it just it was messed up. So basically I started eating cooked food and I gained a lot of weight fast. And that's when my struggles with body image also came back because when I was, I mean, it's not that it came back, it was never away. Because when I was super skinny on a raw vegan diet, I felt, I still felt like, oh, I need to tone up more. I need to maybe lose some more fat here or there or gain more fat, more muscle, I guess, to have my curves. And yeah, I was just really not healthy. And I remember some friends were telling me, oh, you're so skinny. And I'd be like, oh, you're probably just jealous. When I would, step on the scale, my BMI was in the normal range. That's why nobody pointed out that maybe it's not healthy for you. And it's not that BMI is a good measure anyway, because it doesn't depict muscle mass and body fat. But my point being is that even if you are within the healthy range, it might not be healthy for you which wasn't for me. And my, clearly, my body was clearly saying that, that it was in a survival mode because my period wasn't there. And when I started eating cooked foods, I gained weight. And after a few months, my period came back and I was dissatisfied about my body. And now when I look back at, on the pictures, girl, you're looking amazing. But at the time, because I had this shift, I gained like 10 kilos. And for me, that was fat and, you know, analyzing my cellulite and my belly, thinking that it has to be always flat, like skin on bones. And my mom was actually not very helpful in this process either, because she, she was the one that I got this from. Because when I, would, I was growing up, she was always looking in the mirror and being happy about her flat belly. And whenever she would notice that something's accumulating around that area, she would be like, okay, I need to watch my diet. And also coming back to childhood, we never really had that 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner thing. We were just eating or whatever. And that also, that unstructured eating pattern was also really not good for me. As I was trying to return to a healthy food relationship because I actually never had it. It was always, yeah, just... At first I was super not aware of what I'm eating and just eating whatever whenever. And then I was just super hyper-focused what I'm eating, when I'm eating, and it was just too extreme, but I never knew that middle path, yeah. So I got my period back, I started eating cooked food, my digestion was still super bad because I was way overeating. And because cooked food is way more dense, it was even harder for me to digest so much, such a big volume, because I was so used to stuffing myself when I was raw vegan and eating in this four hour window period, because I knew this is the only time that I'm getting food, that when I took away all the limitations on the time restrictions, it was super hard for me to follow my body's cues. And I knew about intuitive eating way, way before, like when I was eating just fruits and stuff. And I thought this is what intuitive eating is, that you, you don't even, yeah, just crazy not to think about it. I thought that it's normal not to feel hunger signals or fullness and that's crazy. That's why I'm doing this video. So I went to uni to figure out what is the best diet and to sort out the nutritional information that I was receiving from all different kinds of gurus and internet influencers telling me the opposite things. And yes, nutrition is very difficult field to navigate in without having proper knowledge. So I'm glad that I went to need to study specifically this because now it provides me a much better understanding and being able to navigate all of these nutritional supplement claims. But then in uni, as part of the program in education and learning, I started tracking calories just to get a better understanding of what each food is composed of, what are the nutrients. So that I feel like was a bit of also kind of not very helpful, I mean, actually very not helpful <laughs> to my recovery because then it's not all, only the, the health aspect of the food, but also now the calories and me still trying to lose weight, to be a certain weight, to not gain weight, to look a certain way, it was still always very prevalent. And at one point, but my IBS, bloating and digestion was still a big problem. So I discovered this new thing, the FODMAP diet, and I started the elimination phase where I was strictly eating low FODMAP foods. And that was, I think, the first time in a long, long time that I actually felt okay, that my belly is digesting and it's not bloated. And I was just so happy. But at the same time, I had to weigh all the food, count all the FODMAPs. I couldn't eat out. It was very restrictive. And again, I lost weight doing that. And my period as well. Luckily this time just for a few months. And then when I ended the elimination phase and I started reintroducing foods, I gained a bit of weight back and it stabilized. And that was the second time that I have lost and regained my period due to my weight changes. And that's when I realized, shit, I just can't be skinny. And I think that's when I realized that maybe my body was designed to be this way. I shouldn't, like, why should I try to fit into this super skinny standard 
and be unhealthy and unhappy and dysregulated in all kinds of ways, that I can just be thriving in this I don't know, normal body for me that's maybe considered, I don't know, whatever, I don't care anymore. And ever since then, I continued my intuitive eating journey, coming back to my body, to listening to the body cues, the hunger signals. And even though I knew about them way before, it didn't really made a big difference in how I was feeling because I was still coming from the place where I want to change my body. And only when I started grappling with this idea that maybe actually I shouldn't change my body and just allow it to be as it is and just taking care of my mental health and how I am feeling, then it really started changing. But it didn't change like this because once I still, I, because once I had this idea, it took me quite a few years to really feel more grounded in that. Because let's face it, diet culture and body image is everywhere to the point where we don't even realize it actually. If we don't, I mean, I know what that was for me when I wasn't really aware and noticing where different thoughts about my body or how I should look were coming from and what they were saying to me, I wasn't really aware of it. And if somebody would have asked me how happy I am with my body and how satisfied I am, I would have probably said that I'm okay, I don't have any problem with that because I just wasn't really aware and I didn't know that you can feel differently and I just thought that, you know, I'm just a normal part of life, I guess. Yeah, but then I started questioning, maybe that's not normal, maybe that's, maybe that's normal actually, but that's not how I want to live. And really taking back that responsibility of how do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel in my body? And of course, it's still changing and there are days when hormones are in certain periods that I don't feel super confident in my body, but now it never really affects me that way because I'm very quick to bring myself back to what is true. Yeah. And I remember this video that I saw on the internet a few days ago where they were asking a bunch of children what one thing they would change about their bodies. Maybe you've seen that video. And all the children respond either nothing or they want either a mermaid tail, a shark mouth or an elf's ears something magical like that. But then when they ask the adults, a lot of them want to change their noses, their hips, their belly, their arms, their hair, so many things they don't like. And to some, maybe it's not to the point where they actually take on a diet or a plastic surgery, but imagine just living with that slight dissatisfaction with yourself. Yeah, it's just not very pleasant. Is it? And in my, in my journey of coming back to my body, to listening to my body's cues, the hunger cues, the fullness cues, intuitive eating, which sometimes can become like another diet on its own and you really have to approach it in a certain way to be effective. A big centerpiece was actually dealing with trauma in my body, my nervous system. And that's another reason why I delayed sharing about my journey for so long because every day I'm still learning, I'm still exploring my own ways of relating to different parts of me. I'm working through 
internal family systems model and connecting to my inner wounded parts because that is essential to really building the relationship with your body, with my body. And again, I'm not some trauma expert and that's why I thought that I wouldn't be able to communicate in a useful, practical way how you could do it yourself because I'm exploring what works for me and it's just very different for everyone. In addition to working through the intuitive eating model and following my hunger cues, my fullness cues, having body soothing rituals and sensual practices that helped me getting back to my body and building that relationship. Another big part was actually dealing with childhood trauma because that just dysregulates your nervous system. And for me, when my body was in this constant dysregulation and safety and vigilance, of course my digestion couldn't work properly. Of course, I always wanted to stuff myself with food and numb myself with food because I just was looking for that external regulation. So working through that was very, very helpful for me and I'm still on this journey. That's what I said in the beginning that this is still evolving for me. I'm still discovering new ways of building safety and feeling emotionally regulated and satisfied in my own body. Yeah, but this is my journey so far and what worked best for me? I think what I would have done differently this time, if I had to go about it again, I would just find someone who's qualified in this and work with them because it took me way too long to do it myself. And that's another pattern of mine that I just want to do everything myself and not really accepting outside help, not even thinking that I need help. Yeah, I think I would have done that differently. Another thing that really helped me in my journey was to find other ways to regulate myself because I was just so used to, in my high school years especially, whenever I would feel irritation or boredom or just wanting to procrastinate on my homework, I would just go into the kitchen and just snack on something while I was talking to my mom. And yeah, that, that just became my default pattern, default mode of distracting myself. So in order to change that default way of functioning, I had to just learn techniques that help me. And for me, that's shaking, that's breathing, meditation, some movement, walking, journaling, painting, doing some something with my hands. These things really helped. And to paint the clear picture, it's not that I'm now a perfect eater and I never overeat or I never emotionally eat because I feel like the younger me would always beat herself up when you know, she would have a craving for chocolate or she would overeat at a gathering. And now I just realized, of course, now it's happening like way, way less. The point is that when those things do happen, because life happens sometimes, right? It's okay. It's a normal part of life sometimes to not notice your fullness cues when you're out with friends eating. That's why I actually prefer to not eat and talk socialize at the same time though sometimes it's unavoidable but just understanding that it's a normal part of life as long as it doesn't affect my quality of life then it's okay yeah and i just want to end this video with saying that everyone's journey is very much different 
and what works for some doesn't work for others and I just want to encourage you to find ways to relate to your body and to your eating patterns in the most helpful way and just talking with yourself lovingly and with compassion and I know a lot of clients come to me saying I don't love myself I just can't do it you don't have to you can start with neutrality what I really like to do is writing letters from love that's something that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about is just writing yourself a letter from God from love from whatever you want to call and you will see when you tap into this higher self or the big capital self that IFS talks about then you you can see how naturally compassion just overflows and that's what I love about IFS internal family systems is that everyone has the ability to connect to that resource within ourselves to discover this compassion and love and curiosity and gentleness towards yourself and just reparenting yourself as a little child because there's still this little child within you would you get this little child on a diet or shame them for their body i don't think so but then why would you why do we do it to ourselves so just maybe you can you can put a, put a picture of your younger self in the mirror to remind yourself of whenever you're talking negatively to yourself in the mirror you're talking to that little girl that little boy and also know that a different way of feeling and being is possible because i know that for me there were times that i was feeling like i'm broken like i can never have a healthy relationship and i'm just destined to be always worried about food and what do i eat uh, how will that affect my digestion and stuff and yeah i just want to say that it is possible it is possible to not always have this craving for food and just can't eating and overeating and that food can become a source of true enjoyment and pleasure amongst all the other pleasures and that food doesn't have to be this one single pleasurable thing and nothing else is i'd be very curious to know what resonated with you from this video it's been not a very typical thing that i share i feel a bit vulnerable doing so because i'm sure there was a lot of going back and forth and not so clear as I usually am and my mind is just all over the place so I hope this was helpful and if it was let me know and maybe you have a friend that you would like to share it with who's also struggling with body image and eating and I will share more episodes later on about more practical how to approach a journey like that how to come into healing but again everyone's journey is very different and if you want support with your journey or getting some insights how you can approach this you can just message me and i will do my best to assist you in this journey bye now till next time